Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. Uh, so those of you watching, please, 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 I just want to remind you guys, please comment, like, share, subscribe, follow, all of that good stuff. We say this right at the beginning to remind you that, that uh, we only know that you like what we're doing by your interaction. So please, please, yes. please subscribe, like, follow, share, all of those good things. I'm going to turn it over to these fancy, fantastic human beings here so that they can introduce our topic. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to Carol. She said hi in the Facebook chat. Everybody be sure to chat. Put your questions or comments in the chat, Facebook, YouTube, wherever else we're streaming land. Uh, we will address your questions. Today, we're talking about complaining. What is it good for? But we're starting a series, right? Aren't we starting a series? Yes. We Product are starting a series. Productivity 101. <laughs> Love it. So for the next, this video and three videos afterwards, is that correct, Brooke? Four videos total and the productivity. Maybe more. We Maybe. can always add more. We'll just keep, this is productivity year. A minimum of four. A maximum of 52. Um, <laughs> talking about productivity um, and productive complaining. We're not just going to be complaining the whole hour. We're going to be finding out how to productively complain and how our clients can take their complaints and turn it into something um, a bit more useful and how coaches can stop complaining and do something useful. I don't know. I didn't do that much research uh, on this one. I listened Why, to the podcast. Because you can, you can complain a lot? Because you yeah. know what complaining is? Yes. Oh. I did listen to the podcast, the very least. That was a good one. I liked it as well. It was really good. I only got halfway through it, though. So I don't know about the bracelet thing, bro. It was <laughs> actually really bad on the second half, Jen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. What do you guys, you guys got complaints? Who invited this guy? Can somebody tell me who invited this guy? Because <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> what, we, uh, what, what kind of language is a complaint? What do you think? It's informational. It can be informational. What else? Yeah. A criticism. A criticism. Um, a cry for help. Well, I mean, meh, we're just hey, hey, we're just throwing possibilities out there. There's a lot of caveats. Yeah, I could, I could see that, Anthony. Like some people just want to be heard. Some people just want to be seen, and they get that through complaining. They so that's like a they're getting like a well, that's sort of going into what they're getting out of it. I think less than what complaining is necessarily, but so negative language, negative, negative, very negative. Negative how? Is there a difference between venting and and um? No, same thing. You think it's same I thing? Think, I think it's the same. For me, it's the same. Like it might be like there's like micro. There's like I think there's levels of every like levels of you know complaining. Like there's different types of complaining and, and different levels of complaining. And I think venting is the one where you you know. I think there's a, you have to have an awareness around 
-hmm. what the intention is. And I think that that's already a step ahead of people who are chronic complainers. Because I think people who are chronic complainers are doing it without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think for us to have the awareness that to walk into a conversation, just go, okay, I just need to vent. Like I know this is not going to be productive, but I just got to blow off some steam. I got to get this out. And then when we're in the space, when I'm in a space, we can start to figure out how to be productive, but some just need to just get it out. So Mm -hmm. to me that there is that difference in that venting space. I'm aware of that. I'm operating in a place that is not fair. And that at some point when I'm done venting, Mm -hmm that I'm going to be open, like you were mentioning, Brooke, opening to interaction and the possibilities of what could be different. But I I dare say, Lisa, you are 10 steps ahead of a lot of people in the space of emotional intelligence and awareness if you're going into those situations like that. Because one of the things that was brought up in the space of complaining, and it's, I said, I really like the phrase um, echo rooms or echo, um, what was it? Echo, echo chambers. chambers. Echo chambers, yeah. And if we look at like social media, and let's take it as far as like to politics even, right? Oh my gosh. Talk about two sides who are just complaining. And like, when you look at those streams, they don't yeah. want they don't want anybody to come in and not agree with them. Like, oh they don't my gosh, there's no way. No, even if it's logical, even if it's, if they just want an echo chamber and yeah. it's not productive. <laughs> um, and it can be the antithesis of productive uh, in many ways. And sometimes, you know, you look at the uh, siege on the Capitol lead to some really crazy <laughs> probably negative things and consequences. And why? Because those people are living in an echo chamber, complaining and feeding and creating, and it becomes a monster. I think mm-hmm. it really does. It, oh my, okay, I'll see if I can fix that, Lisa. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's not comfortable to be a part of <laughs> or to witness that. But when we're, when I myself, when I'm speaking of, you know, when you yourself or when I am, you know, when we're in that space where we feel like we need to, I like the word vent because of what I've said the content for me is, but in that complaining, it's still a complaint. You know, we are self-righteous. <laughs> our, our way should be you know, accepted and uh, echo chambered, as it were. <laughs> How do we help our yeah. I know with my couples, that's totally what they want. One of them, or actually both of them, mm. for their sides. They want they want you to agree with whatever it is that they're saying mm. and, and to feel validated. And, and do they both come in thinking that you're going to agree with them? They, oh, they both... What are they no. coming thinking? Well, the, so usually on the first I mean, on the first get go, and once we get going, it's different. But when when they're not familiar, um, one's usually being dragged in, uh, and not and not expecting um, it to go their way. The other one is usually in the idea that they're right and they're going to force this issue during the session and, and the, me, the coach is going to co-sign their BS. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. And and that's not what happens because you know everybody gets a voice and mm-hmm. you know everybody we do a venting spell, a brief spell, and then we get into okay, what you're gonna do about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you want it to be different? What's important about this that spills over in other areas? So all, all kinds of different things we go into uh, with that coaching session. So let's let's talk about like, I mean, have you guys ever complained? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, all the time. And and when you go in to complain to somebody, what kind of react? What do you expect to happen with that? Like you're going to your to whomever. If you want to give me a specific example, let's see, let's, if you can think of one. How do you expect it to go or anticipate it to go typically? Well, it depends on the situation for me. If it's like a legitimate complaint to a business, like a place where I'm spending money, I'm looking for them to care and create some sort of resolution. But if it's just me wanting to complain about someone that annoys me, I'm typically just looking for that space you know, just to be witnessed and, and to feel left alone. Sometimes when people are like, yeah, that person's really annoying. I'm like, it's not just me. Great. (laughs) I think Brooke might've been witness to a lot of times when I'm complaining during my little workflow work process, when a little speed bump interrupts the process, which could be a phone call, other coworkers, um, stuff that doesn't get in the way but when my process is interrupted i complain and i start to get annoyed and i'm just sort of vocalizing these annoyances because if i don't keep them in i might blow a gasket and that's yeah. the only so protest i'm protesting I, this is not how i want flow to be versus complain what would that difference be well that's him so what's funny is that will be what his and we both do this to one another where i will come in and just be like i want to complain about something and then he'll start to give me um tangible logical hold on and i'm like hold on and then he will have to stop and ask me wait wait is this just a situation where i'm supposed to just agree listen and agree with you or is this something where you want to talk through solutions? Like he will, because I'll get so annoyed that he's just stop offering me solutions. That's not what I want right now. And um, I do the same thing to him because I'm always like, well, what can you do about that? Because I don't think that this is, you have to be stuck with this this way. Uh, I think there are things you can do. And so we both like will give each other a hard time, but not when the other wants to hear it. I will tell you that much. <laughs> well, you and I have done it as well. Whoops, where'd you go? She's gone. I hate it when she does Anthony, you were objecting to what she was saying for a second. So what were you going to say? No, I was saying I was being better about this, where at first it was like I would get into it with, you know, the advice or the solutions or the coaching, whatever. And then like 10 minutes in and Brooke's mad at me. I'm like, I should have just shut the hell up and listened. Whenever Brooke presents something to me to save myself a headache, I'll be like, is this like a listening type of thing or is this a problem solving Mm. type of thing? Because I can, I'll switch the gears in my head um, to sort of adjust to which one. And And with the the listening one, my brain kind of turns off and I just nod my head. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I know Lisa and Jen and I have our girl talk circle where we can have our, like, where Anthony's not allowed in it, uh, by the way. He's sexist. He's strictly forbade from joining the girls, girl talk circle because it is strictly where we are allowed to vent. And he's not in it because we know that Anthony will present a logical so mm -hmm. we will bring him into these, you know, once we've gotten it out, then we go to Anthony and we go, okay, now we have to be productive and reasonable human beings. We've gotten all of the brattiness out. And now we, we are in a space that we can be productive. But we certainly have our Girl Talk channel where we get to like, <laughs> that's interesting though that you say we have to get to a place where we're we're ready to be productive. I mean, it's it's true. It's like without that. I mean, I, I don't think I would receive Anthony's solutionary style as, as, you know, I would probably challenge it a little bit because I am looking just to kind of be witnessed, but ultimately, yes, I do want solutions, of course. And I very I much appreciate that all of you guys filter the conversations before coming to me with anything, because I barely have the patience for Slack as it is. <laughs> <laughs> anything more than I have to do, then I'm going to start complaining and start muting more and more people. And yeah. <laughs> I think though, what is coming out of this that I think is very important is that, that, you know, saying we're all coaches and, and people who are in control of their own, or at least accept that they are in control of their own worlds. Life is we are happening to life. Life isn't happening to us to some degree. We have we have the ability to affect change in our own environment um, mm -hmm. and accept that, and with other humans. Um, Except Brooke, in the case I'm going to address uh, Sue Bull's comments. How are all the California folks doing? It's rain. wet. It's wet. Yes. We it's can't good, control though. that, and I we can complain about that too. We can complain about the weather, <laughs> but we can also grab an umbrella out of the back of the car instead of not grabbing an umbrella. It's like, yeah. um, <laughs> which I did earlier. Uh, <laughs> um, so they're more in um, Southern California area as opposed to the Northern, which is really underwater. Really under, yeah, water yeah. right now. We're doing better. Um, We've become North California because there's. <laughs> yeah, we're getting their normal weather. Yeah. Um, the um, one thing, though, that we're, I think we sort of glossed over, though, is we have all i'm sure witnessed or been a part of a situation where there was a sort of endless complaining going on right where just i mean i've been i've wit been witness to it with co other couples when like not now as much i luckily have good people in my life that aren't complainers but i've definitely been in those situations where i had i knew somebody and all they did was complain about their significant other but they never did anything. <laughs> they never see, they just never. And, you know, on the receiving end of that, it's like, why are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> and that's when I realized, well, maybe I just have really no idea what's going on inside that relationship. And I'm just getting a small little picture of it. But, you know, it was, it was maddening to me to just like the constant complaining. And it, it, it wore on me as a listener. <laughs> um, after a while. So do we think, and we've had this conversation about egos, do we think complaining is ego-driven? In what sense? It's weird. That's weird. 
I feel like that's almost paradoxical, but yes and no. I mean, are I think. Are, are we talking about this in like a Freudian ego sense, or are we talking about like ego as in like their own self worth and. Yeah, more Erickson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people complain when they're they they're feeling bothered about like when they don't want to take responsibility for something or or their part in something, and so they are just gonna gripe about what's going on around them rather than take action. Um, well, now, okay, so let me let me ego related, but at the same time, it's a, in contradiction of ego because they're essentially saying, "I'm powerless to affect change." The only power I have is to complain. Um, well, have you seen? So what that's happened? like a lack of ego, right? Like that's a lack of ego. It's just a lack of my. I'm not admitting that I have the ability to. I'm sorry. I'm trying to finish my thought. Um, yeah. I am at the same time trying to saying that I have no control over the situation. Something's happening to me. I'm not happening to it. So I'm going to complain about it, um, which might be ego in the sort of small picture tunnel vision sense uh because now my feelings are hurt and i want to complain and i want to feel better and i want to nurse that wound or what have you um but in the big picture sense you're saying i'm incapable of affecting change or being um, proactive or active or doing something about whatever it is i'm complaining about or i'm not going to so saying so complaining reinforces is what you're telling us as well Complaining reinforces that concept. It doesn't allow for that space to learn and grow from, really. That's what you're well, saying. What, what, so really when we, and one of the reasons that I really found this topic interesting was a big part, complain, they, they didn't say that we'll never complain again. But what they did yeah. find is that when people complain to an audience that is just going to agree with them, they are going to, it's going to, make them less happy and it's going to create an environment where they aren't doing anything about it. And that situation mm-hmm. is not going to get better because they're mm-hmm. not addressing the situation. Mm-hmm. They're complaining about it, not to the person that is a capable of affecting change, just uh, uh, somebody, an echo chamber. Right. Um, what was really neat is when they started talking about how to productively complain, that's when they said, okay, do this instead. And, and one of the tools they gave was, well, with couples, they would have them put a bracelet on, each one wear a bracelet. And for couples that complain about their significant other a lot, they would take the bracelet off every time they complain, in their head or out, both in and out. And it was bringing awareness. They would have to switch the bracelet from one arm to the next. Mm-hmm. And so it brought this awareness, like, oh, I just, shoot, oh my, to like, whoa, I complain about a lot of stuff. And you could do this even without couples, like just mm-hmm. taking it, when am I complaining? Switching it from one end to the next. And what it does is it brings this awareness. Oh my goodness, I complain a lot. What can I do that's productive? The other thing they said was to write a letter and not write a letter to somebody that would agree with you. Write a letter to the party you are complaining about. Like write that letter because that will make you process your emotions. You'll feel better. You'll like go through it and you'll get out of that. It's a trigger. When we complain, we're triggered. We're upset, right? So... I really like that bracelet thing because talk about bringing awareness around oh negativity i'm being you know what i mean i'm being and i'm saying i can't do it no you took that break and then it when i don't want to keep having to switch this bracelet i'm gonna stop complaining and start thinking about what i can do to make this better i would 
Well, I, I'm thinking as I'm, I I didn't hear that part of the video I, or whatever the um, podcast because I had to pause it and I went back. So that last 10 minutes, it sounds like that's where that was. But what I can hear you say in that is that it makes me aware of my pattern and I have an opportunity to change that pattern should I wish to change it. Um, because in some fashion, we create change. Even, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes here in, in CLCI just to adapt to what um, ICF is going through and having us uh, interact with, right? And we've complained about never, some things yeah, there. We have never complained about it. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> no. So, but it's it it in in a sense it's acknowledging that there's a change that needs to occur. So there's different kinds of complaining, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's what the big difference. So, like when we are, why we call this productivity one on one, and why this topic is even in productivity, is because think about the amount of time, energy. Uh, you might be wasting complaining and not complaining productively. Um, how, I mean, we got to switch this gear to, okay, how do I complain productively? And this also really comes into coaching quite beautifully because it's one of the things that, that Dan talks about. And one of the, the, is that a lot of times when we are rushing to complain about somebody, if we've created this echo chamber, if we're running to somebody that's going to agree with us we're not running to the person that we're not running to Anthony immediately because we know he might give us some logic and so, and we want to complain. Um, and when we big part of complaining productively, and that's our second step is we're going to bring it to Anthony is being aware of who we're complaining to and finding those people who are not just the yes people. Mm -hmm. The people who are going to challenge our complaints and bring in that side that we don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and that's might be frustrating and it might be sometimes hard to hear. And it really, well, why is that? Because it's putting the work back on us. Like, mm -hmm. right. But there's, there's, there's something in what you're saying. We as coaches are not just doing that, right? We have a commitment a co-partnership with our client to help them find that navigation of what's going to best work for them. And in that process, the challenging, we're given permission, if you will, to challenge their thinking because that allows them to grow into the space that they really will operate best in. And that's where that level one, like it, this, this to me echoes level one in so many ways because we're 101, sorry, 101. And, and uh, because it echoes that, that validation piece, because we can't just be like, you're wrong. You can, we have to make sure our clients feel heard first. Mm -hmm. And then we can offer those solutions, offer those other points of view. Like no, we don't offer them, but bring the awareness around them. Um, echo back to them what they're saying so they can hear how singularly dimensioned it may be. Um, we're actually not there to be their echo chamber. We might mirror and respond, but we're also there to challenge them to look beyond the, the, the echo chambers they've been creating in their own spaces, the ones that don't get them to grow, the ones that, that you know, keep that block in place, as it were. 
as coaches, we, you come to us and we're going to start to bring out sort of work around that. Right. Your cat's um, like purring into the mic. Like yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've noticed working as long as I have in uh, with CLCI um, with the complaints that come my way, I noticed that there's two types of complaints and they're both sort of solution. Like there's a solution to be had within the complaint, but there's looking to me for a solution. And there is sort of maybe to like solve the problem. And then there is solution. Whereas we can work together to solve the problem or it's within the other persons who is lodging the complaint power to solve this problem. Um, maybe they just need to figure out how to do it rather than show show them how. The same can be said as coaching, though. When clients complain, and I've noticed this with clients who do complain, a lot of the times they're looking for the coach to provide the solution for them or to just tell me what to do. Give me the advice. Give me the solution. Yeah. And then I'll go do it and complaint solved. Um, yeah, it's not. That's frequently... Yeah. Less frequently, but as I think as the coaching relationship develops, there's the second type of complaint where it becomes, I think what we're looking for is the productive complaining cool. where I have a problem. Can we work on a solution together um, and go forward with this? That's the big red flag that comes up with me is mm -hmm. if a client is coming to me complaining, aren't we living in the past? Isn't that coaching the ghost? It can be for certain, you know, and, and unless they, you know, I'm affected today by this because I can't seem to stop thinking about it. I'm ruminating about it. If I'm in that rumination space, that is today. But what I'm reflecting on is that past experience. What I'm not doing is finding a way to get it to work for me. So it's a block. I'm stuck. It's a limiting belief even. I mean, there's different types of complaints, though, with that may be past focused and just like to just be, and this is my point of view, just to be annoying, uh, complaining. And there's like complaining that like could be something to be done about. Like, let's say I went out to lunch and then around 7 p.m. I complained to Brooke. I said, oh, these people at Chipotle got my order wrong and it pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> Not really much that Brooke. You're can there do. through that whole process. How can they get that wrong? I, <laughs> I can tell you. I can use Anthony's example. We have a we have a a Carl. I'm whispering it because we're not saying their name. Carl Jr. Can you hear me? <laughs> By Carl us. Jr. in Colorado Springs. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time they forget things, they get it wrong. It is so annoying to go there. <laughs> so, yes, you can go on with that one. But, yeah, like those kind of complaints where it's like these one-off events that happened in the past that, like, you're – you can't really do anything about it other than say, maybe don't go there again. Um, but, like, these are not useful complaints for a coach. I don't know. My dad would call the number on the receipt, and he would get a free something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gabrielle did. Yeah, <laughs> I guess there is something to do, but like complaining about maybe like a bird taking a crap on me when I'm walking to my house. That's like, good luck. 
Oh, all right. Didn't know that. For your but... hair too. <laughs> Thank you for the yeah, alternative way to. Pill that, that makes you feel better about bad things or keeps you from doing bad things. <laughs> but but what I'm what I'm trying to get is sometimes crappy bad things just happen. And complaining about them, you know, it's not going to be worthwhile in the sense of like getting somewhere. So some clients will do that. And I've noticed that before, and I'll just ask, so what does that have to do with what we're talking about with coaching? Like, I'll just try to mm-hmm. bridge the connection to for me because I'm a bit lost. And I've, the few times that has happened, they were like, it's nothing. It's just a complaint. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me I'm just complaining. Be like, okay, and then we'll move on. But well, there's an opportunity there we- to help them in that moment, you know, find out how that serves them because in some fashion, it keeps them removed from taking responsibility in that process. Yeah. And that's important. So that was going to bring me to this question. Like Carol put, I feel like complaining is, isn't as productive as venting. Complaining to me is more passive. And I think that that's a great point. And it sort of mm-hmm. popped a question into my head as coaches. Should we let our clients vent to us? Should we let our clients complain to us? And how long should we let that go on for? (laughs) And how do we give them validation or what they need if they're doing that without agreeing or complying? Or, you know, how do we maneuver that situation as a coach? Basically finding out how it serves them, right? When we do the coaching agreement, what are you here to work on? What do you want to get by the end of today's session? That kind of shortens that um, time frame down so that they are not complaining in all of that. We may be interrupting during those moments. Yeah, so, so that's... Like, but let's say, you know, we're getting into the work and mm-hmm. we hit a point and they're like, you know what, I, I can't do this because so-and-so is like this and they're always like this and they do this stuff to me and it's not right and I don't like it. And then, you know what I mean? Like, how long do we let that go on and, and how do we maneuver that? I would point blank ask at that point if they want to shift the focus. Because that, that question is bringing to their awareness that they are shifting the focus. And now I'm just making sure that that's what they want to do. Most of the time, it's no, I don't want to shift the focus. I just needed to say that. Back but, to and them. I, but, and you know, I got to, but I have to, I really don't like this person. So <laughs> I have to figure out how to, I guess it's still, it is putting it back on me a bit, well, you know, but this is a yeah. step in my plan. Not liking them is a step in my plan. <laughs> no, just, I know. I would, I would then bracket the conversation and be like, so this, thing that we're talking about is this like a block towards your goal let's just yes. let me ask that question first as your coach is this preventing you from accomplishing your goal yes or no and then uh, whatever the answer is no it's not then i want her job it's in <laughs> she is in my way and i don't like her <laughs> so yeah it is how okay, do I get so rid of let's brainstorm ways on how you can get rid of her um <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so bracketing, the, hold on, but let me get back to bracketing the conversation. If it's a yes, this is blocking my path to achieve my goal. Is this a block you want to work on right now and remove so that you can continue on? And then we'll go from there. So, so but not, basically what you're saying is reestablish the contract. 
right? Yeah, but it's, it's also, when I say bracket, I'm like, in, I'm very visual about this. I'm literally putting brackets around this yeah. whole hypothetical conversation and this package. I'm saying, are we going to work on this or are we not going to work on this? Is this important to our coaching session? Is it urgent or is it not urgent and can be dealt either on your own time or at a different time? Can I take it back to another situation? Yeah. Let's say you have a client walking in the door and we have in go learn, we have a G is greet them, right? O is, is it, what is O? It's, this is the one I need. Is it observe? It's not observe. It's, uh, we're we talking about go learn. Yes. Um, greet. I have it right here. <laughs> yeah. I believe it might be, is it observe? No, 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 no. It's ownership. Ownership. ownership so, the session. so I have a client. I'm your client. I'm coming in. I'm like, okay, guys. Or hi, coach. How are you? Uh, well, I'm not great. I, um, you know, we had set this goal of me. Uh, I'm just sick with the same situation uh, where I, you know, I was supposed to win this I was, I, my goal was to go in, I was going to do this. I was going to get this specific thing. Let's, I'm trying to think of a good example where it's like a, it's, it's a situation where somebody was picked over her essentially mm -hmm. over me. So in, I did. Yeah. It's a competition. It's a, uh, she's going for a job and somebody else got it and mm -hmm. she did not. Mm -hmm. So I have not reached my goal. We have spent all this time working and now my goal is I, somebody else got it. I can't do this. And I think that I don't like the way I, every, I don't know why they chose her. I worked harder. I have done this. I submitted more. I was clearly more qualified. I was, and we're in the O right now. We're not even in O we're in G. <laughs> um, I was clearly more qualified. I, I'm just really upset because we have spent the last 12 weeks making sure that this would happen and it hasn't happened. And I just feel like I, I don't know what to do. I can't, I don't know how to proceed. My entire plan has gone out the window. And I I don't even have the the drive or the desire to to do much of anything because this is not this is not how it was supposed to happen. So then with that being said, what do you want to work on today for this coaching session? Well, what I just can, I know what can I coach you on? I have no idea because I'm just really hurt right now. <laughs> really bothered yeah. and i can certainly understand that do you want to work through the hurt i don't know don't know so outside of my role-playing hat on this is a weird situation because it's like almost as if there's nothing to coach on why have a coaching session i think though that they it's there yeah, Here's It'll, the other thing. She yeah. showed up. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna grow not in there isn't something to coach on. All I'm saying is I'll probably step back from a little bit of the coaching like relationship and be like, okay, like, why are we here in this today session, Brooke, then? As but me or we coach. We just need, we need more space in that G in this particular place, in this in this growth space of not knowing where the journey is going to um, proceed, you know, it's in that reflection, you know, you're, you're sharing with me and, and I'm going to throw a word in there. You didn't say, it feels like you're disappointed that, that you got, you didn't get chosen. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, what do you want to do with not being chosen? I, I don't know where to go with this because this is a facetious kind of thing. Yeah. There's nothing really tangible to hold on to. But it's just taking what she has said and helping her dig into that space for her to find out. And 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 probably she'll, what she'll find out is that there was a lot of things that she had put in that basket that she liked. And maybe eventually it is, you know, she'll go towards something else that has the similar kinds of things that are in her basket. But in this space, it's just going to be, you know, uh, Carol says it is just going to be in that hearing space and, um, and that connecting space. This session might not ever get into coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the and complaints were bad enough. It, 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 I'm it, thinking, go ahead. It could just be, you know, we get into that venting space where, where Brooke in this moment gets to be heard. She gets to be, and Carol wrote seen, she gets to be heard and seen and just be able to be sad in this moment. There's so many times that we try, you know, we got positive psychology that says, oh, you know, glass is half full. I mean, uh, you know, we can refill it and all this good stuff, but there's something to be said to fill your emotions and that, you know, rushing through them may not serve if, you know, if this was a truth for Brooke, may not serve Brooke in this moment. Her feeling sad and disappointed might be important to her growth in this space. I mean, I don't know, because again, this is not real. But until we actually provide that space for the client to just share, we don't know. What are we going to say? You, would you drill it down at some point with that client to... Maybe, yeah. To, do you want to do you want to just vent and figure, figure yeah. it out this session? Like, would you, like, could I offer that? I'd like, do yeah. you want to, is, sure. is that what we want to do sure. today? I would, I, would probably, I would probably preempt that by saying, hey, like, this doesn't need to be a coaching session. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you need to just talk this out, whatever. This is, this kind of gets into weird territory, though, because. Then, weird yeah, because I worry about, like, because we want to keep it. I would, is it a thing where maybe, is this coaching session about maneuvering this loss maneuver and, and figuring out where to go, so, figuring out the, I don't know, figuring out. Cause she, if she's saying, I don't know, or I don't figuring out, well, what's next for you. It's not about denying what, what she, this Brooke is feeling. It's, it's about acknowledging where they're at um, and what they need in that moment. It's slowing down the process. It's not not doing the process. It's just really slowing down the process in a particular space. It's not, it's incomplete process. I think you just sort of a beautiful question. What do you need in this moment? Yeah. I also, Lisa, you tell me what to do in this moment. What? Lisa, I want to hear your feedback on this. So I'm, I'm really inclined to lean into a, a couple things. And the first one is, how do you know everything you just said is true, Brooke? Just to maybe bring any sort of awareness to some of what she said is perspective. So that's my first thought. And my second thought is to ask, so what are you making this mean about you? Because that's where I'm wondering 
you know, right. all and this happened. Now, what does it mean? I would say just as you're asking that, this is an interesting space where we are hopping really, truly sort of directly into the coaching before we're setting a contract. We're starting to, we're doing an exploration, right? right. We're starting to do this exploration before setting a contract. So it's this moment where the session's going to sort of shuffle itself up a bit. Yeah. Well, like you have to do some digger, deepy dive exploration before you can get to a point where your client yeah. is ready or knows what they want. So, so this is not going to be a submittable. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be a submittable to ICF. No, but this is a situation. But it is. Absolutely yeah. would happen. Mm -hmm. Frustrated client comes in frustrated. Things have not gone as they expected. They are in a place of, I just really like disheartened. And this is mm -hmm. a human thing that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, probably self-esteem. I keep cutting Anthony off. Sorry. And self-esteem is probably going to jump in there as well. And you'll hear self-esteem language um, that took a tank from this. Okay. Anthony, go ahead. I had a recent session that was exactly like this where Normally, session contract, that's like, boom, right? And the, the first thing that you do, um, but it got delayed maybe like 20 to 30 minutes into the session because you have to figure out what a goal, what the goal is to even have a coaching contract for the session um, to even establish that. You got to know what you're working on. And when a client comes in and they're frustrated or they're complaining or they're venting or they're just dealing with maybe a disappointment that gets in the way of their goals you have to work through that before you can come up with a goal and something actionable for the client to work on and so that will push back your coaching contract to later in the session um because you don't even know what your the client doesn't even know what they want to work on you have to explore through that and um, a few things too i would also keep in mind in these situations where this happens where you know you're setting it later because there has to be exploration you've got to maneuver emotions you have to maneuver things that are going on to get to a point where you can start to to be productive that vent we have to get through the vent mm -hmm. before they have to vent before like they die hard of being productive they have to move from the girl talk group to <laughs> <laughs> um and uh so it's okay in those moments because I think you're if you have rapport with your client. I mean, any client I think would would be you'd be like, okay, acknowledge the time, acknowledge, hey, we we've done a lot going on. We finally know what we want to work on. There's only X amount of time left. Let's do our best with that time. Um, but I think it you can give yourself grace as a coach to say we're not going to figure everything out this session because we've already done so much figuring out early. And that was just figuring out what you wanted to do. Like that was, that was a big, so there might be a space to acknowledge that, that, that exploration, that early part is not that, that you haven't been productive in the session, that you've actually been very productive. It just happened early and sort of out of order. <laughs> However, if this is a normal routine for your coaching sessions, that's something to self-check yourself on. You've gotten into a poor habit and you, you've got to re uh, establish, uh, you know, the go learn essentially uh, those uh, mm. ethics and standards. Oh my goodness. Why is die hard suddenly <laughs> appeared? We're, we're venting. 
Oh, because he's in a vent. Yeah. Okay. It could also be like an Among Us like reference. <laughs> so you can't really tell that it's Bruce Willis. I'm just going to say. His eye. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought it was something not I good. I think of him as well, a the good. hairline. You can tell from the hairline, especially. <laughs> um, but but, back to what <laughs> yeah, you just want to you want to make sure this is not a routine that you coach fall within within your clients because that's going to not be supportive of a coaching session. Um, and a one off kind of thing that's perfectly natural and, and, and normal. Also, here's a here's a maybe a counter thought to that. Uh, no one says no one says or dictates that your sessions have to be an hour long if you need to flex to a client and say i'm doing an hour and a half session 30 minutes for venting then the uh, then we do the uh coaching contract and then we do the hour coaching and then you find a way to bill that to them go right ahead i would just also go co i mean when you say that make sure that you are abiding by your contract and your time though just because the yeah. client came in and, and needed to vent for 30 minutes and this is an hour long session. They paid for one hour. Yeah. Don't no, no. What it, I mean is like don't literally. Push don't push it beyond the hour because mm -hmm. they had a thing to do. Maintain that hour and maintain your time and make sure that you're getting paid that accurate amount of time for that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and don't be, be afraid to do that. Because then you're going to end up complaining about this client always going over <laughs> somebody. And I'm going to go, well, whose fault is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sorry. I was I was being like very literal, just like you're paying for an hour and a half session. It's including the 30 minutes to complain to me. Um those are billable, that's billable time. If you don't <laughs> want to complain, then we'll stick to the hour of coaching. <laughs> because you always complain when we come into the session. Um, I don't know. But but now, it can be an acknowledgeable pattern if it's their communication style. Mm -hmm. It's it's not usually conducive to a relationship to have that kind of communication style. So there's usually something there that you could um, pattern-wise recognize as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of, we're getting close to the time now we got about maybe 12 minutes left um maybe we should switch gears to the productive complaining now we got clients who complain it's not going a lot going really anywhere we're trying to get our get the coaching back on the rails how can we now take a client's complaint and then i guess rocket it towards something that's actionable and positive well, I think we mentioned some of the ways and that's mm -hmm. to bring up what is, how is whatever they're complaining about serving them? What, mm -hmm. what control or power do they, what do you have control over in this situation? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What are you, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, even offering, like Jen said, another perspective, is this just your opinion? Is this just your experience? And so is there, is there another perspective in this, situation that you're complaining about is mm -hmm. there um something maybe you're not thinking about different way to even um take a look at it you know sometimes we get stuck i call it putting our heels in the stubbornness you know we're we're we're, we're not moving from our perspective 
And when we're in coaching session, being stubborn in coaching session is not conducive. So it's about finding other ways to view a given situation so that we can come up with other uh, opportunistic ways that, you know, can integrate with what's happening. So I guess in a way this like, what we're doing right now is addressing the complaint that coaches have about complaining clients. Oh. What we're doing is offering another way to look at complaints for the coach, the coach who's watching this video and trying to get them to understand that a complaint isn't some freestanding bad thing that or annoying thing that our client does. It's part of the process of coaching and you always do something with the complaint as a coach. I would also say, yeah, it's a huge signal. It's a huge opportunity, really. Yeah. It's an opportunity because anybody who's complaining is being myopic to some degree. They are being myopic, being a victim, being um, uh, passive, essentially giving up their power and um, choosing to complain over making actionable change. And, and what do we do in coaching as coaches? It's about actionable change. It's about forward motion. So if somebody's complaining, ding, 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 fire alarm, you know, go off. Wow. This is something that, that is a big sign that, that our client is got a block or has, uh, is, is just where you can open the world up for them and give them, uh, show them that there's a whole lot more going on and that they're capable of finding their power uh, in what they can do in any given situation. And, and complaining is not really going to get them too far in your coaching space. <laughs> I think it tells you too, kind of the operating system that the client is currently running. If they're coming in complaining all the time, they are wired that way. They have created that really strong neural pathway. So they, one of the articles that was so brilliant, the way they talked about it, it was like, it, it's harder to create a new neural pathway than it is to just walk across the bridge, the sturdy bridge that you've already built. So if the client has built a sturdy bridge to complain, it is going to be work and time to create that new pathway, to give and them a new operating system, essentially. This is one of, this is one of the situations where as a coach, we can be that that coach that is a little where we don't have to be handle our clients with kick gloves mm -hmm. it, it might behoove us to go can i make an observation right now this might be one of those moments i notice you coming in and having a lot of complaints from my perspective that's what it feels like and that might be a moment where your client goes oh <laughs> I complain, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that they do, but I, it could be a moment where they're like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's during, uh, just to be clear, you're not usually doing that at the beginning of a session. You're usually got a rapport with that client and yeah. you've had some time with that client before you typically pull that bandaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you do that one too early, I mean, the, that you're gonna immediately shut up. That will immediately yeah. shut the client up. You're gonna up. shut them down, and they're not coming yeah. back. 
So yeah. you have so, to build that rapport mm -hmm. to where the client feels safe for you to, you know, be that direct. And you unless you're client, being that unless direct. you're that coach that's like, no, I am the direct coach. So you're gonna come into me. I'm gonna give it to you how I see it. I think that's clients are coming to you for that tough love. <laughs> I think I'm present, we should warn. We should like uh, when we do our uh, staff student coaching program. We should like have them select the profiles of the coach they want. And I want to advertise that I'm that coach. We'll just mm. tell them, this. shut okay. the hell up. Just <laughs> shut up with the complaining. It. Just knock <laughs> it off. Stop it. Funny. Um, that'd be awesome to be that kind of coach. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I'll be the, the one that's very soft and gentle. And kind <laughs> 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 of find a way to do like two coaches per client. So it's like a good cop, bad cop kind of. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> oh, good coach, bad coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a whole different thing. The bad coach is just going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> no, they'll still, they'll still coach. They're just going to be mean about it. Okay. Uh, but it's for the good coach to come in and, you know, save the day. The rescuer. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a perpetrator and a rescuer. Good triangle. <laughs> um, oh, I think, I think we're going to go ahead and finish this up if we can. If yeah. nobody's going to complain about it, I'd love for us to do that. <laughs> um, and so final thoughts, everybody? I'm human. I'm I'm gonna have my venting. I like to think of it as venting versus complaining. I'm gonna have my venting moments, but be capable of having compassion to work towards change. Having my clients and doing the same with my clients, letting them have that space that they need for uh, basically their venting if that's what they need, and then find out what they want to work on in that change from their experience. My final thoughts, um, bracket the complaints and find out what they are actually for. Mm -hmm. And then once you find out what they're actually for, do something with them, get the client to do something about them. Um, well, the client has to want to, but yes, yes. Yeah. But they can either choose to put it aside in the coaching session or work on it in the coaching session. Um, I don't know. Don't let a complaint be free in your coaching session. It has to do something. Uh, Brooke. I will say, um, don't be afraid to complain to me, at least. You know, just don't <laughs> be afraid. And I'm not afraid to complain, but I, I'm, um, it's very important to be aware who you are complaining and what your expectation is. When, what do you expect to get out of this complaint? And um, I think that awareness is so critical because I think if, if we, it's really about awareness. It's always about awareness. Mm -hmm. If we're complaining to people and it's not gonna, it just creates a very negative space. But if I'm complaining about something, I'm going to somebody that's gonna present me actionable or not, just like other perspectives, call me out on it, anything like that's so important. Um, and, and it will quickly humble me and, and, and get me to do the work I can do. And sometimes that sucks to hear. Sometimes it sucks because you just want to complain. You want it to be somebody else's fault and you don't want to have to do anything about it, but that is not real life if you want to be productive. So, yeah. 
that's it. I think I rambled a bit. But. Sure. <laughs> so my final thought is that um, the opposite of complaining is gratitude. And so mm. I have this little visual. Can you see it here? Sorry, podcast listeners. Hey, so it's a vortex, right? You're in the vortex. You're either going to be pulled up or you're going to be pulled down. And so if you notice that you're being pulled down a lot, you finding yourself being in that, you know, negative complainer vortex, first step is awareness. And that conscious decision to replace some of that negativity or shift it, counteract it with gratitude eventually will bring you up into the top of that vortex. So. And you know what the key to happiness is? Gratitude. Yeah. Do you know what raises you know what raises our baseline ability to be happy? Gratitude. Like gratitude is magic. Could you imagine if we had are grateful? Could you imagine <laughs> if our clients just were like grat gratitude for 30 minutes? Like we just couldn't get them to shut up about now, did you like, hear Anthony? We couldn't get him to shut up. Was that complaining? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was All awesome, right. Jen. I love that. That was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for taking us there. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, way to end it. All right. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's our productivity 101 on productive complaining. We will see you guys next week. We don't know what the topic will be, but be sure we're, to. We're working on it. We're we it's... are figuring it out. Our topics out for this this month, but they are. It will be in the vein of productivity one hundred and one. Yeah. And if you want to become a coach, check out coaching one hundred and one, where we'll give you the tools to become a coach uh, mm-hmm. at Certified Life Coach Institute, um, mm-hmm. and uh, from folks who are. We have facilitators and folks who are fantastically skilled at, at passing on the, the coaching knowledge. Just and you never complain. Knowledge. They never complain. No. Our, our <laughs> are always filled with gratitude towards our yes. students. They're very special non-complainers. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us again. And we'll be back next Tuesday. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.